Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest fintech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes. Hello and welcome to another FDF Exchange podcast. Today, we are lucky to be talking to Lisa Agata, the chair of the Securities Industry Trade Group, Azitzi, whose stated mission is to engage the collective expertise of its global community of securities operations and technology professionals to create a platform to collaborate on key initiatives in financial services operations. Lisa is now serving in her third year as chair of Azitzi. In Lisa's other life in the industry, Lisa is the Director of Account Management at InvestCloud's Financial Supermarket Division, where she oversees North American client relationships for several InvestCloud solutions. We are speaking to Lisa during the virtual conference, Azitzi's 27th Annual Securities Operations Summit, which got underway uh, during the week of March 29th. So hello, Lisa. Uh, How are you today and how is the conference going? Hello, Eugene. I am doing well. Thank you so much. Uh, the conference, in my estimation, is is going very, very well. We have had a great number of attendees, uh, both members and non-members, which is always kind of nice in this virtual environment. And the presentations that we've had thus far have been tremendous. Just so we have some news pegs, uh, Stephen Kelly was given the Award of Excellence. The ESG Working Group was launched and the Digital Asset Forum was also launched. So tell us a little bit about those. Sure, absolutely. So I'll start with the uh, the new forums and working groups. So traditionally, I think we had seven working groups and four forums. And over the last year, there has been a lot of talk in the marketplace about ESG. And then even before the, the, the hot topic of ESG, there has been substantial conversation, uh, inquiry, how can we best approach digital and crypto assets? So... We have been working behind the scenes for a couple of months, if not longer, on forming these two groups. Jason Ward from Fidelity is going to be spearheading the Digital Assets Forum, and Grace Kang is going to be spearheading the ESG Forum. So we're very excited about those two launches that were shared with with our members and with everyone this week. And Mr. Kelly. Oh, yes. So Steve Kelly. So it was a pleasure to to, uh, present this award with Rich Robinson to Steve Kelly. Steve has been a longtime member and supporter of the Azitzi organization. I believe he was actually the chair in 2001, 2002 as well. Although it was virtual, the presentation was fantastic. I did a quick little intro to Rich. And then Rich gave a fantastic overview to, to Stephen. And then Stephen's acceptance speech was fantastic as well. It's a shame it couldn't be in person, but I was really touched by by you know by what everyone was saying. So yeah, and congratulations to Steve Kelly again. And and there was it seems to be a lot of camaraderie uh, for Zitzi members. Actually, what I should have said beforehand is this year, uh, 2021. This is the 30th anniversary of the founding of Zitzi. So a lot of these people, I'm not going to say they've all been there for 30 years, but a lot of these people, a lot of the members have been involved with this organization for a very long period of time. 
This is an organization which has historically met in person. The virtual stuff we'll talk about later, but we've historically met in person. You sit in rooms next to partners or clients or prospects or competitors. You roll up your sleeves, you sit next to each other, and you try to figure out how to best tackle the the obstacles that the financial services sector is, is addressing right now. After long sessions, after long days of, of conference meetings and working group sessions and information sharing, you do go out and you have dinner or you grab a cup of coffee or maybe even a glass of wine and you, you, you meet these people and you talk to these people and you do establish really strong, solid friendships, both personally and professionally. So it was nice to see that come out in the presentation of Stephen. Mm-hmm. And you probably need that with some of the big issues that you're, you're grappling with. And and one of the big issues you're dealing with is the fact that these conferences, these events that Zitsi is having are, are virtual. What have you learned from the virtualization of the conferences? It's been challenging. I, I, I would be lying if I told you otherwise. You know, Maureen and I went through the same nightmare at the beginning of March 2020, trying to figure out what we were going to do, knowing that we had to cancel. Um, Zitsi historically has not been a big proponent of virtual conferences, because as I mentioned beforehand, our biggest benefit is sitting in a room together and collaborating. So unfortunately, we did have to cancel last year's annual March event. We started thinking about, you know, regrouping, refocusing, how can we adapt to what's been, you know, thrown upon us. We came out with the three summer series webinars last summer, trying to stay in front of our members, trying to stay pertinent. And we did know that our September conference was not going to be happening in person. And we did know that our December conference wasn't going to be happening in person. So do you cancel them? No, we made a a conscious decision to move forward outside of our comfort zone to have virtual uh, fall forum and winter forum. We chose new technology, which was a challenge. We learned from our mistakes in September. We were better in December. And then we changed technology again as we move forward for the planning of our big 27th Annual Securities Summit, which is happening right now. We are tremendously in debt to our sponsors um, and our members. And we wanted to make sure the platform that we had for this event right now was beneficial to all. This new technology platform that we used in the March event actually allowed us to have better vendor sponsor booths. I still don't think it totally replicates the in-person vendor booths, but it was something dedicated to, to our vendors, to our sponsors. So that was good. The platform that we used for the March event was stronger. We had uh, better control from um, a visual perspective when we had panels and individual speakers. And what was nice was that within this platform that we used, all of the general sessions were recorded. So if someone had a, another client call or something else that they had to do and they missed the topic on ESG, they could come back and you know catch up on, on what was just presented. That sort of leads into my next question, like how have the Azitzi members responded? And then do you think it's going to, the, the virtual channel is going to be something that, that continues uh, once we get back to our post-pandemic world? I think from a March perspective, the response from our members has been tremendous. I think that is predominantly because the agenda and the speakers that we had, will we maintain a perpetual 100% virtual space? I can't commit to that. I would ideally think that we will go down that road from a 2021 perspective. I don't believe we're going to be able to be in person this year. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. 
But I do know that a lot of feedback that I did receive was missing the in-person conversations, the in-person relationship building, the in-person meeting. And and did the various standards groups of Azizi, I assume now they all meet virtually, you know, aside from the, the conference? Because I know that they have ongoing meetings to develop things and develop it. Yes, you're right. Even before the pandemic hit, the working groups and the forums did have regularly occurring meetings. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will be completely honest. They were not Zoom meetings. They were conference calls. Mm-hmm. So nine times out of 10, you weren't entirely sure who was on the call, who wasn't on the call. Um, with the evolution of the technology, with Zoom and other platforms, you were able to see who was there, who was attending, uh, which was great. So the standing working group and forum meetings that happened continued to happen and actually probably got better. So hopefully that answers the question. Mm-hmm. And then for the conference now that you're seeing through, it seems like there are, there are two big channels of interest, uh, digital assets and, and then the, the impacts, uh, ongoing impacts of the pandemic. Why should ops people, securities operations people, why should they care about this and this concern about digital assets? And is it because they have to get ready for, for digital transformations? Uh, you're spot on. This is already happening. We talked about it in the Investment Management Forum earlier this afternoon. Digital and crypto assets are being processed in real time, and either our clients or we are being impacted. And if we don't have the proper standards, controls, um, processes in place, we're going to be opening ourselves up to additional and unnecessary risk. Now, mind you, We've been talking about blockchain and about DLT for years, and we know that you know all of the firms, whether they be investment management firms or asset servicers or vendor utilities, what have you, they've all dabbled in DLT, um, and they've been successful. And now it's a question of, of trying to create standards so we have interoperability. Crypto and digital assets are being traded right now. We, we don't need to create this additional unnecessary risk. And then the pandemic has also uh, caused everyone to rethink work and, and what that means. And, and I assume a lot of uh, Izitsi members, most of them are either are probably working virtually or, or, or facing a hybrid situation. What do you think is going to be the future of work? Me personally, I would love to say we, we have an opportunity to go back to the workplace if, if that's what makes our employees feel comfortable, to be able to maintain a balance between the two neither one nor the other should be punished for the option in which they choose. It'll be difficult maintaining a hybrid environment, but I think it will evolve as it has already started to evolve. You know, for all the bad that has happened over the last year, there there has been some good. And I think as we've heard, you know, from, from a bunch of the presenters on Tuesday, there are a lot of opportunities to continue to evolve or develop a hybrid working environment. Mm-hmm. And I also think that there probably are some savings, right? That, uh, well, certainly securities firms didn't realize they could have because of this, because people are working remotely. Well, maybe they pay less for rent. Maybe they have less office space and, and a bunch of other uh, other things, have, you know, other costs maybe have gone by the wayside and maybe they'll go away. Forever. But maybe from a firm perspective, that might be the case. And maybe this is something that I shouldn't touch upon, but the cost doesn't go away. For all those employees who are now working from home, their electricity bills have gone up, their heating bills have gone up, their air conditioning bills have gone up. I mean, I had to buy more bandwidth because I've got two college kids who are now working from home. Um, My husband's working from home. 
I've got two laptops going. I've got my personal laptop. I've got my work laptop. So, so there are, maybe it's a shift of costs, mm -hmm. but, but who's to say, you know, how we can better address that in the future. Yeah. Well, Swift on one panel. I wasn't going to touch upon that. I heard that. And I was, I was so happy that Swift said that because my boss was on the same panel that, um, mm -hmm. oh, what was her name? She was fantastic. Just so the people understand they gave from, I think it was Rosemary who said. It was Rosemary. Yes. They gave big chunks of money to their employees because of the very situation you mentioned that their costs have gone up uh, and and they wanted them to adjust their their IT infrastructure. And I thought, well, that's lovely. I, I wonder how many other firms have uh, other, well, Swift has a lot of money, so they, <laughs> they can. <laughs> well, you know, I thought, I, I thought it was a nice gesture. I'm not saying that all firms should give a percentage of the rent or the electricity or what have you back to their employees. I'm just thinking there should be some sort of, you know, normalization because the cost may have gone away for the firms. The cost just hasn't gone away across the board. Right. And who knows? There might be some changes to the way people are taxed. And... Yeah, true. When you worked from home beforehand a couple of years ago, you used to be allowed to write off a percentage of your home office inclusive of, you know, electricity, heat, all that kind of stuff. And that went away a couple of years ago. So maybe they'll bring that back. I'm actually surprised they didn't bring that back. Yeah, maybe right the entire house or the entire apartment. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe there'll be a cat expense as well. I don't know. Uh, hey, I, I love that too. <laughs> uh, one of the sadder consequences of the pandemic is is that women in, in financial services and in other sectors are, are seeing setbacks. And in the one panel on women in financial services, the reflections, realizations, and impacts of COVID-19, a couple of the panel members uh, mentioned a McKinsey report that said that it will take women about five years to get back to where they were before the pandemic. Yeah, very, very, very sad statistics that came out of that conversation. It was a fantastic panel, don't get me wrong, but I think the word was undaunting. Yeah. I assume your organization and others are going to do, there's a lot uh, from, from that panel discussion about some of the things that Zitsi can do and other organizations can do to, to make that a different, to, to, to turn it around. I think actually with Cheryl Nash, who said that it is an opportunity to turn it around. Exactly. I, I think the focus was, was twofold. One was losing women in leadership positions. And then the second component was losing women in our industry as well. Right. And again, you're covered so many issues. Is there one issue in particular that you wanted to touch on that I haven't uh, mentioned? You've touched upon all the highlights. As I said, the, the board and the co-chairs did an absolutely tremendous job this year in spite of everything else that was going on in, in reaching out and getting fantastic speakers, presenters, topics that were all pertinent. They too knocked it out of the park. And, and you know, this is not a one-person show. This is a completely dynamic group of folks who continuously amaze me by rolling up their sleeves, reaching out to colleagues, you know, competitors, trying to find, you know, the right topics, the right people to, to, to present on these topics. There was not one that, if I think back over the last three days, I was impressed by every single solitary conversation. Mm -hmm. Some of it wasn't positive. It was eye-opening. Uh, some of the information that came out of the geopolitics of ESG when they were talking about whether nuclear should be in or out, and it, it's up for debate between Germany and France, it just, it opened my eyes. Whether we're talking about, you know, the, the future of the workplace, or we're talking about tokenized securities or securities tokenization, it, it just, it makes me think. Mm -hmm. And all of these, all of these topics. At one time, 
those would be such high-level abstract issues that no one could really draw a line to securities operations. But now, now they, they can be. Yeah. I mean, firms are going to have to figure out how, like, well, first of all, what is a SPAC? What is a tokenized security? What is, you know, what is blockchain? What is DLT? What does that really mean? Uh, and what does that mean, for example, securities lending? Does it mean, does it really have impacts uh, on, on equities and derivatives? You know, all of these things that are happening and happening rather rapidly, there will be translations and ripple effects for securities operations. You know, it's funny. I know my daughter used to listen to me when I was working out and I'd be on the phone and she's like, you speak an entirely different language. Do you work for the CIA? I'm like, no, 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 no. I just speak a lot in, in acronyms. And during the presentations this week, there have been new acronyms that were thrown out and I'm writing them down. And I'm Googling them. Um, even something as simple as like IOT devices. I'm like, what is an IOT device? And I'm Googling. I'm like, Internet of Things device. I'm like, what, what is that? I'm like, oh my gosh, the cell phones, they're listening or Alexa or Siri. It, there are still more acronyms coming out and there's still more to do and there's still more to learn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's English is lost. but <laughs> And I guess uh, we, looking to the future, looking to 2022, when is your term over? Well, my term should have been done last December, but the board- right did offer uh, to extend our, our terms. So I believe my term is up December 31st. Of this year? Yes. Okay. So a lot of work won't be done by then, but you'll probably finally go back to normal sleeping habits. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not done. You know, Erica Borg is probably really happy because then she gets relieved of being the immediate past president um, mm -hmm. or past chair. And so that's the slot in which I will slip into. So our, um, our officers exist of the chair, the vice chair, the second vice chair, the secretary, the treasurer, and the immediate past chair. Okay. So she has been heavily involved even after she, she stepped down as the chair. Okay. By then, by 2020, the end of 2021, well, I guess we'll have a better idea what the post-pandemic world is. Fingers crossed. Really hard to figure that out now. Yeah. I wish I had, I wish I had a crystal ball, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking time out from the conference. Um, and it does continue, I think, till April 2nd, right? So the, re the end of this week. Our last day is this Thursday. All right. And thank you again. I hope you've enjoyed the conference too. And uh, we love having FTF as our media partner. So thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange Podcast. Mm -hmm.